welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is a $10,000 mistake. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who has supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us to keep up to date with our daily photos and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use our subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of the new product announcements. Be sure to check out the laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website. Or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so I want to preface today with a couple of things. First, I would be thrilled if this mistake was only $10,000. That would be actually nice. Unfortunately, it could get a lot more expensive than that, and um, I want to go into a little more detail behind that. So for all of those out there who are small business owners, you may have encountered this before, but for the rest of you who don't know anything about this, sales tax is a real problem. Why is it a problem, you would say? Well, sales tax is something that's always been kind of an interesting problem in tax collection and revenue. For those of you who've never done sales tax before, if um, you have previously, if you had something like a small business like mine in the state of Wisconsin, you would only have to pay sales taxes on the orders that were shipped in Wisconsin, anywhere you had what was called a nexus of business. It was usually concept of a brick and mortar store. So if you had a physical location in a state, then you had to pay sales tax in that state. And I mean, that makes a lot of sense because if you have a physical location in a state, then you could have, you could file in that state, you can have a lot of the, the details of the business businesses can be filed with the location that's in the state. There's a lot of different reasoning behind that. Now, that was something that was, I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm actually going to read from a Forbes article I found that did a pretty good job of kind of explaining some of this, and I think it's important. So <clears throat> this was something that had come down recently. In a recent 5-4 Supreme Court decision in South Dakota versus Wayfair Incorporated, it's the most significant ruling on the subject of internet sales tax since 1992, which when the Supreme Court decided on Quill Corporation versus North Dakota. That's the Dakota's problems. Prior to the court's ruling in Wayfair, the law surrounding the ability of states to collect sales tax from internet transactions revolved around the notion of a physical connection in the, or nexus of state. Under the quill, under quill, the court concluded that the physical presence rule was necessary to prevent undue burdens on interstate commerce. The court's decision was guided by the principle that taxes must be fair and non-discriminatory, and that there must be a substantial nexus of jurisdiction and a relationship between the tax and any state-provided services. In other words, the court said that those merchants were required to sales, collect sales tax only when they had a physical presence, such as a store, office, or warehouse, in the state in in which the customer resides. For example, if an online retailer was located in Florida and sold goods to a consumer in Iowa, they did not have a physical nexus or connection to that space. The online retailer would have no responsibility then to collect sales tax from that transaction. The consumers would be obligated to pay a use tax on the purchase, even if the seller was not required to collect sales tax. Now, uh, since the advent of the internet, states with, along with the brick-and-mortar retailers, have complained about the physical connection rules established in Quill, and it have put them at an unfair disadvantage. Justice Anthony Kennedy, writing for the majority in Wayfair, wrote that the Quill decision caused states to lose annual tax revenues of up to $33 billion. The court further noted the Quill court did not have before it the present realities of the interstate marketplace. The Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court case resulted from a decision by South Dakota to change its law to require all e-commerce sites to collect the sales tax, regardless of whether they have a physical presence. The law did carve out an exemption for small merchants, those with fewer than 200 customers in the state annually, or sales below $100,000. South Dakota was a good state to bring the case, since it did not have an income tax and was reliant on its sales tax for revenue. 
Justice Clarence Thomas, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Samuel Alito Jr., and Neil M. Gorsh, writing for the majority opinion, believe that the emergence of the internet as a mainstream media for interstate commerce caused the physical presence rule to become further removed from economic reality and thus resulted in significant loss in revenue from the state. The court stated, But the administrative costs of compliance, especially in the modern economy with its internet technology, are largely unrelated to whether the company happens to have a physical presence in the state. For example, a business with one salesperson in each state must, must collect sales taxes in every jurisdiction in which goods are delivered. But a business with 500 salespeople in one central location and a website accessible in every state need not collect sales tax on an otherwise identical wide nation sales. Excuse me. So, they said that that was an inadequate solution, and just kind of skipping down here a little bit, um, that um, some of the dissenters would say the um, the dissenting opinion, Chief Justice Roberts argued that overturning Quill could disrupt the development of the e-commerce industry, which is such a critical segment of the economy. Um, also, there is a kind of a couple of different things here. I mean, as he pointed out, correctly calculating and remitting sales tax on all e-commerce sales would likely prove baffling for many retailers. Over 10,000 jurisdictions levy sales tax, each with different tax rates, different governing rules, tax exemption goods, services, different product category definitions, and different standards for determining whether an out-of-state seller has a substantial presence in the jurisdiction. So, I mean, the short and long of this is that's an incredibly complicated question. And I didn't realize this was going to be such an issue. So when the law came down last year, or let me rephrase that, when the Supreme Court decision came down, because those are different things, last year, I thought to myself, well, I don't want to get stuck with a bill at the end of the year for all the sales taxes, so I started collecting sales tax. And I did it by saying, okay, I'm going to create a set percentage for each state. Now, as Justice the Justice pointed out, that's there's actually a lot more complexity than just each state. Each of the varying jurisdictions have, there's 10,000 of them, right? So my attitude towards it was, well, I'll just set a, a rate for the state and then I'll just pay whatever the difference is. Well, I was talking with some experts today and the short answer is that nobody knows how to do this. There's been no clear rule and the very fact that I collected the sales tax may mean that I have to figure out how to do this. Now, does that mean that I have to set up a space in every single state so that I can figure out how to pay those taxes? Do I have to file my LLC everywhere? I mean, what's the process for doing this? And this is going to be incredibly expensive. Now, because there's no, I mean, this was, this was an example of me trying to do what I thought was at the time the right thing with the information I had and it's getting very complicated and, and it's quite a bit of a nightmare and the worst part of all of this is that you have to file, for me I have to file annually because this is kind of the first year so for us we have to file by January 31st on all of the sales tax collected from last year. Now I don't know what we're going to do here because that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of money that needs to go into different places and it could be very expensive on top of the sales tax which is already you know interestingly burdensome. So, I don't have a good answer for this yet. Any of you out there who understand this and have a good answer, feel free to email me at sales at murdycreative.co or colin.murdy at murdycreative.co. I'd be happy to listen to you. But I think it gets to a deeper issue. At some level, what I'd like to do is I'd like to give the sales tax that I collected just back to the people from which I collected. At this point, that actually seems like the easiest solution. Now, for those of you out there who are going, wow, that's a lot of complexity. It really is. For me to be able to go through each order, find and correlate that order with the specific credit card payment that was processed through the various platforms and then issue the exact amount of sales tax back, that'll take a long time. And that's probably going to be a lot of time on a lot of people here that are going to be working 
working on that project. But at the same time, I think that's going to be significantly more simple and, and easier than having to figure out how to do all of the varying tax payments to all of the varying jurisdictions of all of the varying states, some of which who don't require us to pay sales tax because we're not big enough for them. And it actually brings up a different question that I think is almost more curious in you look at the majority majority opinion was that they carved out an exemption for businesses that were under 200 customers per state and under um, $100,000 in a state per year. And I think that's an interesting question that I would have is... So how do you know what your annual sales in that state are going to be? Do you have to collect taxes on only the second, you know, only after $100,000 are made or the 201st client is the one that has to pay sales tax? Is that fair to everyone else who was from that state before that point that you didn't have to? So I think this gets into a very difficult area, and I don't know if there's a good way to solve this problem. Um, and frankly, for us, this is becoming a big issue because it's you know it's time for us to pay obviously our sales taxes now, but then there's also the company taxes that we have to pay um, on the company's stuff that is got to be due and you know coming up in the next few months. And so, moral of the story is it's it's com- it's complicated, and I'm feeling a lot of pressure and a lot of stress to kind of try to solve this and structure this. And I did not expect a lot of this, and that gets me to kind of my core of today. You're going to make mistakes in everything, regardless of whether it's your business, whether it's your personal life, what it's your project that you're working at your company. You're going to make mistakes. A lot of times they're going to be big mistakes, expensive mistakes. They're going to be time consuming. They're going to be complicated. They're going to be difficult. And the, the stakes are going to be pretty high if you mess up. But you got to keep going. I think it's at these times, it's, it's during this difficulty that we as people become stronger. We show courage and bravery in the face of trial. And we, we look at the difficult problem and say, you know what, I'm not going to let this crush me. I'm not going to let this stop my company. I will do whatever it takes to make this work. And I think you can do it too. I will actually add a little caveat in before I close off today. If you've been thinking about buying one of our journals, you've been on the fence and you, you kind of like us or you want to support us, please buy a journal. It really will make a difference right now. Right now, especially now that we have all of these unexpected expenses that are kind of coming down that we did not budget for, um, it, it really helps us. It'll allow us to continue to come up with new products and work on launching those. Some of those which we may have to table for a little while until we can get all of this sorted out, which I don't want to do because I think it's important for us to keep keep launching good stuff to be able to help supply the market and to, to pay our employees. So, if you are uh, if you are curious about ways to help in this circumstance, buy yourself a journal. Treat yourself. It will be worth it for you, and it really does help us. So thank you for all of those who already supported us out there, and please keep working at it. It really means a lot. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in tomorrow for our next topic. And don't forget to check that subscribe button below to be sure to get the latest podcast right away. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co or you can contact us via our Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals, and I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. I appreciate your patience, though. If you think I deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow our new community. And word of mouth is still the best form of advertising. So please tell your friends. That being said, if you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to engage with our growing community, and I want to give you guys what you want. If you're looking for multiple binders for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, ask about our bulk discounts available. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great day, and goodbye.